Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. You know what that theme song means, right? It's spooky season. It has begun. I'm so excited. So uh, every year in October for spooky season, blog talk for book lights anyway turns all spooky things. So we have haunted houses and monsters and magic and horror and scary things. But this year, my friend Luna Joya has a new book out that hits all those things. It has a haunted house. It has monsters. It has magic. But it also has a lot of steamy romance in it, too. So I asked her if she could come on for our very first week of spooky season on Book Lights. And luckily, she said yes. So I'm very excited. If you guys have not read Luna's uh, matchmaker monster series yet you are in for so much fun and this is the perfect season to get busy and start reading so the book that just came out is called the kraken's prize and if you're not familiar with luna i'll read her bio here so you can get to know her luna joya is a survivor of traumatic brain injury with steel body parts she's bionic guys luna lives in socal with her combat veteran husband and their two pound terror of a rescue pup the tiny editor she loves disney tacos and dragon shifters and luna writes steamy romances that publishers weekly has called wickedly delightful so you can learn more about her on her website. I did put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can click that anytime, sign up for her newsletter, check out the gorgeous covers, and maybe grab yourself some monster romances for spooky season. So I don't want to delay any longer. Are you there, Luna? I am. Hi, Lisa. Hi, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for being kicking off spooky season. Do you want to tell everybody about the Kraken's Prize and why they should get it this week? Well, I just, I'm so excited to be here for spooky season. From the Halloween theme <laughs> on, it's just so exciting. And my series is based on a haunted house. Four friends go inside and they don't realize that monsters are real or that they've been matched to the monsters within. And the first one was the Minotaur, and the second one is the Kraken's Prize, which has pirates, which always makes me think of you in your Savannah Sentinel series. <laughs> um, the Kraken is a pirate captain, and he is king of the pirates, and he is roaming the seas trying to avenge the sea witch's curse. And he, of course, grabs Ava, and he doesn't understand why he's so attached to her. And poor Ava, she's got part of my traumatic brain injury problems. She's got memory problems. She's got balance problems. But she uses my techniques of washi tape and planners. And he doesn't <laughs> realize she's the sea witch's daughter. Oh, oh. I have uh-huh. to ask, too, how do you get the high seas inside of a haunted house? How does that happen? So the high seas comes through the portal. Of course, there's this, I always have the adorable familiars, which everybody loves, but I just write them because they're so darn cute. And, of course, they're tiny editor, and he just barked in the background. They're tiny editor inspired. <laughs> and this one is a sea otter pup named Sai. 
and she follows Sai, who is just the cutest thing, towards the pool and gets snatched by an evil merman. Oh! <laughs> I so love she it. has to be rescued, and then she's hauled aboard the pirate ship, and you get to meet the whole pirate crew. And it's just, it was so much fun to write. I bet. It sounds super fun. And I have to ask about the Kraken. So on the cover, the Kraken looks like the, you know, traditional sea monster squid scary thing. But I know from like Pirates of the Caribbean, he just had like Kraken face and still had human body. How did you manage all of your romancy steamy things with a Kraken? Let's just say one of my reviewers said she uses all the tentacle fun. And he goes from true big form. And I was like, I don't know that I can get. And he told me, because my characters take over, you just let me handle it. And it's a little spooky because, I mean, he's huge. And you only see a tentacle or two. And you're like, oh, my goodness. And then it just it devolved. And it was so cute and so sweet the way they the two of them got together. So you see him in all his forms. And yes, Pirates of the Caribbean was one of my massive inspirations because he does look a lot like Davy Jones because I had a little crush on Davy Jones. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you have crack and tentacle face, that makes things interesting for um <clears throat> Well, for people who haven't read Monster Romance before, like I write paranormal romance, which typically the hero, even though I write a bunch of shifters, for the most part, the hero looks human. You wouldn't know he has a problem during the full moon. But for monster romance, it's like they are monsters the whole time, right? Can you tell people the difference? All, all the time. So monster romance, and I won't nerd out too much, but I love nerding out on romance and the genre. Uh, monster romance in some ways stemmed from alien romance where you had extra bits. I'm going to leave it at that. Extra bits. <laughs> and then monsters have horns and tails and wings. And, you know, I'm writing Gargoyles, which is going to be the third in the series right now. And you just have so much to work with. And they are the beast <laughs> part of the Beauty and the Beast, where the beast, maybe you didn't want him to turn back because you were like, who's this dude? Right. So it <laughs> satisfies that craving. I think it's just extra. It's, it's how do you fall in love with a monster? And, of course, monsters always think no one will love me. And I'm like, right. I got you. Right. Yeah. It feeds that when when Beauty and the Beast, when the first animated one came out, and I remember, you know, that line in the movie, because who could ever love a beast? And then they proceed to make you fall in love with the beast. And so that, to me, that kind of, you know, is the Mm, come on, words are hard, and it's Monday. Words but are that's, hard, but right? That's it's the like basis. That's the, where we come yes, from. Yes, that's where monster romance kind of comes from. Of that, you know. But who could ever love a beast? And and you guys make that happen. Oh, do we ever? 
and the origin of Beauty and the Beast, I think it's from girls who grew up on the animated, and then we had Gargoyles, where I was in love with Goliath. Yes. We had all the things, and then Pirates of the Caribbean. So really, I blame Disney for this fascination, but <laughs> we won't tell them that. It's just, it's such a good time, and you just love the monsters. And of course, my heroines are always a little broken, and they're patched up by love, which is the whole purpose of romance is hope and love and everyone deserves a happy ending. Yes. And speaking of, I was really excited when you were writing this book because we're friends and we were talking about it. And this was, this was, I think your first book where you have um, a heroine who has some of that traumatic brain injury that you've experienced. And I know it was, kind of a little bit scary to put a little more of yourself on the page how did that go for you and are you happy with how it turned out so I've put a little of my disability but never this loud this was me coming out and saying this is this is part of my disability and you know I've struggled with it and I, it's a daily struggle and you and I talked about it I mean it was scary because if people hate her and say well we just don't like her disability that's a that's a personal thing. It's really hard right. to take. Right. But people have been so sweet and so embracing of the fact that I struggle with this on the daily. And and Ava struggles with part of what I have because I didn't want to give her everything. Um, so I can parse that out because I've got a lot. Um, but she struggles with how do I remember and, and how do I make this happen? I'm yanked into a new world. And people have been really sweet about supporting some of the actual techniques I use in managing my disability and how they came out on the page. It was just, it's been lovely. Oh, I'm so glad. And I, I think I, well, I feel like when people are able to see someone who reflects back kind of what they might be facing or something similar and see that they get a happy ever after it's that hope that everyone deserves that right everyone and it's it's seeing the struggle and then seeing the reward it's just yeah I I love Ava for it oh I do I do too and I also feel like for people who maybe haven't struggled with traumatic brain injury, it also gives you a chance to slide into the skin so that you can, um, you know, recognize what that is like, which also makes you relate to people who have those struggles, I think, better as well. If, if I can increase sensitivity, I'm all for it because you and I have been around the romance community for a while and I had to do beta reading for people who were like, oh, I'll fix the girl in the wheelchair before the end of the book. And I was like, no, don't fix us. We don't need fixing. We need loving. And right. it was just it was just hard to come at it when there was lack of sensitivity. And she didn't know. She didn't mean to hurt my feelings. I just thought, right. no, we don't need fixing. We need loving just as we are. And so I'm so happy to do this one. Now, Ava isn't in a wheelchair because I'm not in a wheelchair full-time anymore. Yay. Um, but I can walk and I can do the cane and I can have my wheelchair when I need it. But it's just one of those things where if I can bring a little sensitivity to someone else out there who's got traumatic brain injury, 
or who has any of the problems that I have, I, I live for that. Yeah, I just, I think that's so cool. And to have her be partnered with a massive monster who sees how precious and amazing she is. Um, I just, I think that's huge. I, when I was in high school, I TA'd for um, the deaf classes for a semester and all of the students there were so great to me and taught me sign language and back then they used TDDs to make phone right. calls and things because there wasn't texting back then and so I learned to use that as well and I quickly learned that you're right they don't need fixing they're they're not you know, they never saw themselves as having a handicap or a disability. They just take things in different than, you know, the the majority do. And I think it's so important to get that in books that we don't need to be fixed. You know, it's different. It's not a disability. You're living a different, you know, you're recognizing I- things differently. I tell people, you know, we're our own community, and we're massive amounts of the community, and we're different communities within ourselves. So we don't need the ableist viewpoint. We just need to be recognized for who we are and what we can do despite whatever struggles we have. Right. Right. Yeah, I love that. And I just I just love that she gets a monster. Um <laughs> and, and I have so- a, I have to do a teaser. My readers know this. Um they're, the female main character always, she's never a damsel in distress at the end. She always saves her monster. So I, I love that not only is she his counterpart, she's his equal. Yes, I love that too. Because I think that 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 is, you know, some people may go, well, is that realistic? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> you bet. And she well, just comes into her own, and it was such a just a, such a delight to write her appreciating herself for exactly who she was. Yes, I love that. And I wanted to ask you: Do you have a favorite scene in the book? I mean, you don't have to spoil the book, but do you have a a scene that you went, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I wrote this book." So I have a scene that everyone else connected with, because of course I have memory problems. So afterwards, I'm like, "What did I write?" But everyone else commented on it in reviews, and I thought, I loved writing that scene because there's actually uh, planners and washi tape, of course, is the addiction in this, in this book. And there's an arts and crafts scene where the pirate crew is knows she won't remember everything when she wakes up. She's like, I, I have short-term memory problems. And they have an arts and crafts party to draw her things to remind her of who all she met and where she is and what's going on. And it was just, it was one of those things that I just channeled and I didn't think about, but I had fun writing it. And then I come back to it and everyone connects to it. They're like, that's the best. Oh, I love that. And, and since I have written a pirate series and the crew is family and I love that they, I just can imagine a whole crew of pirates having arts and crafts hour. But I think that shows that she has been accepted and is part of the family, right? It's found family. And of course my pirates are monsters too. 
Oh, they're all different monsters? They're all different monsters. I can't have a human pirate crew on a ghost ship with a Kraken captain. No, no. They are all different monsters from mythology. And, of course, I worked them in. And I'm like, here they are. Welcome. <laughs> and they're having arts and crafts hour. <laughs> arts and crafts hour with the monster crew. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so fantastic. Everyone listening is dying to read this book, right? Um <laughs> I also wanted to ask because because we're friends and and we've talked about writing. I know that you kind of write similar to me where you sort of know where it's going to end, but you don't know how you're going to get there. And for me, the surprises are like the best part. So what was the biggest surprise when you were writing this book? Like you had no idea this was going to happen and then it did. What did you have a big surprise when you wrote it? Oh, I have lots of surprises. The whole book is a surprise. Like, you know where <laughs> we're going, and I have a roadmap, but I'm off-roading the entire time. It's like we're, we're in the middle of nowhere and just going on our four-by-four four and wondering where the heck this is going to end up. The surprises were I knew part of the crew, and I knew how it started, but then I, and I knew how it ended, of course, and I knew who saved who. And how it, but everything else, and there are plot twists in there that I thought people afterwards said the huge plot twists. And I thought, oh no, those just came out. What plot <laughs> twists? Yeah, One I of always. The surprises was a character on Castle Kraken. And of course, my map is the one that I created of Castle Kraken. And she runs the show, and she is part troll. And I just, I loved her. And she, she is an organizing goddess. And I, she, she's, she's a partner to one of the women on the pirate crew, and she just runs the show. And Birdie, everybody loves her, and I thought, she was a surprise. I never met her before. Oh. She just walked onto the page and took over. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I love when uh, characters show up that you weren't planning, but then they show up and you start wondering, how could I have written this book without them? How could we have a Kraken castle that runs itself while the crew is away for the family uh, without Birdie? And Birdie is the, the crux of on the scene uh, throughout Castle Kraken scenes anytime. And even if the castle comes under attack, she's the first one on. She just knows what to do. And I, I love her. <laughs> she's bossing around orcs. She's taking on things. She's got the gunner who's her love interest and she just she bosses and she does it so quietly and so efficiently and she's so subtle but I'm like okay you're the boss of everybody you're the <laughs> boss of the ground crew and and I love you and I didn't know you existed until you walked right onto the page oh my gosh that's so cool <laughs> So do you have, I know you kind of said earlier that you're riding on the gargoyles next, but do you have a favorite monster? Are they going to make an appearance in this series? You know, I gargoyles are kind of, um, I'm a little biased. I fell in love with Goliath when I was a kid, and I was like, well, I could have a gargoyle um, because they can fly. <laughs> right. And I always wanted to fly, but I will say that, my first one with the Minotaur, I just loved him because he's such a he's such a cinnamon roll, and he's a protector because all my guys end up being a protector. And then Seb, the pirate kraken, is just 
he's a little wicked. I mean, he's grumpy, and he he has no problems from the first line on being like, I'm not a hero. And I thought, can't you be just a little bit for her? And <laughs> and he really just, I was not expecting to love him as much as I did, but I thought, every girl needs a sip. This is... <laughs> Everyone needs a sip, girl, guy, everybody needs a sip. Um, but, yeah, now that I'm into gargoyles, I just, I love them. But I have fans who are waiting for Theodopolis, who is Theo, who is the um, demon in the series, who is, it's not a spoiler, he's the last book. And people are just like, we're waiting for the demon king. And how's he going to look? And I was like, do you remember in the 80s? Because, yes, yes, I rely on the 80s. There was that wonderful movie nobody ever remembered with the unicorn and Tom Cruise. And yes, I remember it. Giant <laughs> devil. <And> legend. Go, <laughs> You're going to make him look like legend. And I went, why not? Let's do this. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> so for people who haven't read the series yet, do you want to tell them kind of what the – the setup is because it's four friends, right? Who go into a haunted house to play games. Is that it? So they think they're going for a tour, an exclusive private tour of this place. that's going to open in the fall. And they think they're going to see um, a haunted house attraction. And they all have different reasons for going to the house. I mean, it's a group friend trip, but they're all, have their own private secret reasons for the reasons they go into the house um, <laughs> and it turns out it's it's not really an attraction and it's not really going to be a haunted house that we think of that ghosts are not the problem it's the monsters and I'm <laughs> like okay that's great thank you brain for creating that thank you muse for sending that through because I yeah wow it just came through and there's four stories and I will give you a little sneak peek that I think Meg's mom gets her own story, so it'll be a chance for me to write something. I love the fantasy component, so this will be a different realm um, with an older heroine. Oh, I love that. So that might be just Um, a little bonus that comes later. Yeah, so you guys all heard it all here. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, speaking of, I was wondering – Lots of people who maybe have never um, heard you on the podcast before, what was your writing journey like? Because you had an accident, gave you traumatic brain injury. Did you want to be a writer before that, or did the accident happen and then you wanted to be a writer? And how did, what did your writing journey look like? So I think I always wanted to write. It just was stories were in my head, and I didn't know how to get them out. Before I had a motorcycle accident, I was hit from behind. A truck hit me at the red light. Um, I hit the grill. I hit the hood, the windshield. The I cracked my skull open. I died. I came back a couple of times. Um, before that, I was writing some really dark, and the agent I had in New York wanted me to go even darker so that she could send it to the publishers. And I backed away from it, especially after dying and coming back. And I thought, you know, all I want to write is hope. And so mm-hmm. I've always been a romance reader. I've always wanted to write hope. Um, I was really worried because, of course, they, they didn't know if I would make it. And then they, of course, said, 
you're going to have a shorter lifespan and you're going to have difficulties that you haven't had before. Um, and I finally settled into, okay, I, I think I can do this and I can write and I can give other people hope. So I had a traditional publisher um, and I put out, I think the 11th book comes out this year. So I'm a hybrid, which means I end up publish and I have a traditional publisher. And then I wanted to do monster romance just kind of on my own where there's no rules um, because I'm such an independent person and I wanted no <laughs> rules and just write what was what was fun and what made me happy and just write for joy. And the the interesting thing is that my writing for joy has joy has connected with more readers. Yes. Yeah. You actually have really, um, your readership has really exploded with these monster books, right? It has, and they are wonderful. And I love all my readers and some of them contact me just to say, oh, you know, I connected with this because, and, and that's the whole point. I'm like, I just want you to be entertained and to connect a little with the characters and have a, a monstrously good time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> because it's spooky season and before we run out of time, I always ask everyone who's on in October for their favorite spooky movie that they like to watch at this time of year and also what your favorite Halloween costume ever was. So my favorite movie that's the traditional is also my favorite costume. Um, my husband and I did the Oogie Boogie Party at Disney, and we went as Jack and Sally, and I'm a redhead with long, straight hair. So when you paint me blue and give me a day's stare, I did it really well. So I love watching Nightmare Before Christmas every year, but I also, if you're going for a true horror, I love The Quiet Place series because those two movies and how terrifying they are with not a lot of sound those are really spooky yes they actually this year the quiet place 2 made my annual halloween movie countdown list it'll be on later this month but i was i i thought I loved the first one of A Quiet Place. It was such a bizarre movie-watching experience because it really was so silent. And, you know, there wasn't that background track. There, there was, it was just silence, and it was so uncomfortable. And I thought, well, how are they going to top that? But then Quiet Place 2, you kind of see when it started. And it was almost scarier than the first one, I thought. <laughs> It was wild. It's very raw. It's it's one of those things that just keeps you on the edge, and it's it's not for the faint of heart. Um, no, nope. I don't like gore, so I like the quiet, scary things. And gosh, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, yeah. And usually I go for like spooky haunting things, and this one was more like here's this weird alien monster, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was surprised that I liked it so much, but yeah, they are really, it's, it's really good. <laughs> so for people who like all the spooky things out there. <laughs> so that's definitely my picks. So where can I see a picture of you as Jack and Sally? Because I bet you were a fantastic Sally. <laughs> 
You know, it was one of those things. We didn't even take many pictures, but everybody took pictures of us. But, of course, we weren't allowed to sign. And at the time, people were like, but you are Jack and Sally, and you just need to stand outside your house because Haunted Mansion is Jack and Sally's house for <laughs> Halloween or Christmas. Yes. And it was it was one of those things where um, I do dazed look because I'm always thinking. I'm always up in my head uh, really well. And my husband just leading <laughs> me around, and he goes, you know, this is really creeping people out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had um, years ago when my kids were small, I made my own Cruella costume and it was something to be seen. And we made a trip to Disney World in Florida. And it was so funny because I had that same experience where people were all like it, taking my picture and people there were people who couldn't speak English who were trying to do hand signals and I kept trying to go I don't work here I'm not okay I don't work here. And, <laughs> and yeah you're like I, I I'm not a okay <laughs> I was like I'm not actually an attraction right right yeah I I'm I'm not actually supposed to be cruel okay <laughs> take another picture with somebody I don't know yay <laughs> uh-huh. I thought I'm just here for the candy <laughs> yes well real quick um before we run out of time I know the gargoyles are next and people go and pre-order that book sure it's up for March and I already have the cover up and it's Gifted to the Gargoyles. So there are two main characters in this book um, that are guys. And then we have the queen of the Gargoyles who is coming. Um, so it's it's been a ripping good time. <laughs> Did she have any idea she's the queen? Well, she's better be queen because we need her to save the world. Oh, I don't my put goodness. light pressure no on my... <laughs> no pressure. Yes. We need you to save the world. Yes. Thanks. Yep. Sure. I'm 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 good for it. <laughs> I don't yes. I don't well, have a job and I can't get into grad school, but I'm good for it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we are running out of time, so thank you so much for being here today and everyone be sure to run out and grab your copy of the Kraken's Prize. You will not be sorry. It will get you in the mood for monsters and haunted houses and spooky things. So thanks so much for being here, Luna. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for joining us on Book Life. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.